For the past uh, few weeks, I've been talking with you about growing deeper in your faith because sometimes in life, it's not always easy. It is challenging. It can be difficult. And I know that I've experienced those moments of challenge. We talked last week about why we should read the Bible every day. In fact, I challenged you last week to just, if you're not doing it, take time to read the Bible every day. Read a little bit, at least five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Just read the Bible, think on it, meditate on it, and just get a little deeper in your your knowledge and understanding of what God wants to say to you. So I'm going to ask a question. Today we're going to talk about prayer, growing deeper in your prayer life. I have done some pretty interesting prayers through my life. Uh, I've prayed for my kids when they were younger to do well when they were on a baseball field or the basketball court. I have prayed for the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series. I have had answered prayers. I have had unanswered prayers. I've prayed for the Georgia Bulldogs. Many of you have prayed for your sports team. You, If you were a Bulldogs fan, as I have been for a long, long time, we would often say, well, next year, next year. There are a lot of teams that say next year. And that's just life sometimes. But people pray for these things. If you have a car that was sputtering or acting up, you may have prayed, God, help it get to there or help me get there. And so we pray for all kinds of different things in our life. We pray for money. We pray for our children. We pray for our parents. We pray for health. We pray for so many things. So here's my question. Have you ever prayed without hope? Or have you ever prayed thinking nothing's going to change? Have you ever prayed with with hope and it didn't happen and you lost hope? I I in my my day job as a hospice chaplain, I have I've sat in the homes of a lot of people. A lot of people And some of them, I can still see their faces when they looked me in the eye and asked me, will you pray that God will heal my cancer? Will you pray and ask God to give me more time with my wife, my husband, or my children, or my father, or my mother? I can still see their faces to this day. And this one particular person, she was 19 years of age, with tears in her eyes saying, please pray that my daddy will not die with this cancer. That was a very difficult and challenging moment for me. And it's not the only case, the only time that I have sat in the homes and and just watched and listened to their stories. I'm sharing these things with you because when we pray and God doesn't answer, Our faith can be shattered. We may wonder, God, are you really able? Are you really possible? Or why am I not worthy enough? Or why is it not happening for me? See, those are real questions and real struggles. And it's in those kinds of moments when we experience possible death or a serious illness or a real financial crisis, or something bigger than we are, we pray and we ask God to do something, 
And we just don't understand when the prayer isn't answered the way we want it to be answered. That's why we need deep roots. Because sometimes the miracle does happen. We read Bible stories. Children of Israel, Egyptian army, the Red Sea, trapped. They prayed and God parted those waters and they walked through on dry land. We read the story of Daniel in the lion's den. We read the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, of how they survived the fiery furnace. I mean, we read so many miracles, and we look for our own miracle. When our miracles don't come, we need deep roots to help us get through those dark hours. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. This is actually going to be a two-parter on prayer. Today is just to lay a foundation of how we should pray and how we should understand what God is doing in our life and how we can learn to grow and trust God in the toughest of days. This, is, this could actually be four months worth of Bible study and sermons. And I'm going to take four months or more and just mush it into two weeks. So here's what I want you to hear this morning. Matthew chapter 6 talks about how we could pray. There are a lot of people who say, I don't know how to pray. In fact, Jesus' disciples asked him, how should we pray? Teach us, they asked, to pray. But there are a lot of reasons people don't pray. One of them, we don't pray sometimes because we have prayed and nothing changed. And we just kind of give up on praying. Sometimes we don't pray because we feel or sense God is far, far off and far away in a distant land, not involved in our life. Sometimes we don't pray because there's some sin in our life we've not dealt with. And that sin is breaking our relationship and fellowship with God. There was a time in my life when I prayed with the TV on or the radio on. I was easily distracted. It's hard to pray with distractions. Maybe you're distracted with the kids or a husband or a wife or something else going on. But distractions can cause us not to pray. You may not pray either because you feel because of previous prayer attempts and nothing changed or nothing happened, you've learned in your mind to be self-reliant. I can take care of it. I can do it. I will do it, and we give up on praying. Or prayer may have just become a ritual that you do, and there's not much in it. You just do it because you do it, but you don't sense the presence or the power of God. And then there are those who say, I really don't know how to pray. So we're going to hopefully address some of these questions today, we meaning me, myself, and I. Y'all didn't know that. I have three personalities. So without anything else, I want you to begin uh, just look with me, Matthew 6, verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. This is what he says. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. 
And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Now, I'm resisting everything within me to read the next few verses. Many of you know those verses. You've heard those verses. You probably could recite those verses, if not word for word, close to word for word, the Lord's Prayer as we call it, or the model prayer as some have called it. I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to back off of that today, okay? Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. But these few verses I just read, 5, 6, 7, and 8, Jesus is saying, when you pray, here's what I don't want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. There's a way to pray, and there's a way you should not pray. And he begins by addressing what he called hypocritical prayers. He said, when you pray in verse number 5, don't be hypocritical. There are some people who pray hypocritically. They pray for show. They pray to be seen, to be heard. I've heard people in the past say, when I've heard certain people pray, I wish I could pray like that. They kind of want to be that person. But you know what? You're you. Be you. Prayer is you talking to God and then listening to what God is saying to you. Prayer is your way of communicating with God. So he said, don't pray like the hypocrites who love to stand up and be heard. They stand in the synagogue or they stand on the street corner and they pray in a way that they draw attention to themselves. For them, he said, prayer is more about them than about God and their relationship with God. He said, don't pray like those people. He said, instead, you should pray a genuine prayer. And he said, that's private. You get in your closet, shut the door. And then he said, pray to your Father. We're going to get into that in just a little bit. The next thing he says is pray with meaning and purpose meaning and purpose he said don't be like those pagans who worship other gods who just repeat the same meaningless phrase over and over and over again he said because they think that they will be heard if they keep saying it over and over and over and over again God already knows what you need he said God knows what I need And when we pray, we should say what we need instead of trying to be, let me impress God with my many words. And so Jesus explained that. So what does this mean for us? How can we grow deeper in our own prayer life? I want to encourage you first and foremost, we all need a routine. Not a ritual, but a routine. I get up at a certain time every day. And if I hit the snooze button, it doesn't matter. My body is even wired now. Even if I don't have the alarm set, I kind of get up. I start stirring. It's a part of my ritual, my routine, the order of my life. 
We all need that in our lives. And when it, when it comes to prayer, we need to have a routine that's our time with God. Now, every day at our house, in the Braswell household, we make coffee, we cook a breakfast. The breakfast may change from, and does change from day to day. Today was, today was a fun breakfast day. Today was not a healthy breakfast morning. Rhonda made some bread last night. It was an apple something another. I don't know what it was. It was very sweet and very good. So we had that last night for our dessert, and I said before we went to bed, I think we should have that for breakfast in the morning. And she said, I agree. And so we got up, and we had that same bread for breakfast this morning. But we have our routine. We have our ritual. And we have the things to help us get started with our day. When Jesus said, don't be like the hypocrites and don't be like the pagans, he said, I want you to have a routine. If you really want to grow deeper in your faith, in your prayer life, you need a routine. You need to start one. In other words, here's what I'm trying to say. You need time alone with God every day. You need time to just sit down with just you and God, no one else but you and God, to spend time just with Him. And we find that challenging. I say we. We struggle with finding time just to spend with God. We find it difficult to just say, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read the Bible for a bit, I'm going to study the Bible, and then I'm going to talk with God about it. I'm going to talk with God about the stuff going on in my life, the things that I crave, the things that I fear, the things that I worry about, the things that I struggle with, the things that I celebrate. Every human relationship we have, if it's going to grow deeper, we talk to that person. Some of you in, in this room right now have been married for a long time. Some of you have been married for a short time. Some of you are parents. Some of you are grandparents. And when it comes to our human relationships, you know what we do with the people in our life? If we're going to have a good relationship, we have to spend time with them, don't we? The more time you spend, the quality time you spend, the deeper the relationship will be and become. Those of you who are married, have you ever wanted your husband or wife to be honest with you? Sometimes. Have you ever wanted your children to be honest with you? Have you ever wanted your child to really say what was on their heart or mind? Some parents say they want it, and then when the child is honest, they're like, oh no, you just sassed me. See, when, when it comes to our prayer life, God says to us, I need you to have this routine where we sit down together and we spend time together, where we open Scripture, the Bible, and we read, and I pour the truth of God's Word into your life, your mind, your heart. It's an alone time. We need that ritual, and in that time, it needs to be genuine, real conversation. Now, now here's what I mean by real conversation. A lot of us deal on the surface level of fluff. Fluff meaning surface stuff. 
There's times in, in Ron and I's marriage where we're on the fluff. And she knows when I'm fluffing her. You know, when I say something, it's true, but I'm just trying to get brownie points. Every husband does it. Every, some of y'all are going, no, me. Yeah, you do. All men do it with the woman in their life. They want the brownie points. They want to smooth her up a little bit. Why? Because you want something later in return. Whatever it may, it may be a trip to the, to the lake or it may be going hunting. I'll go hunting if I want to go hunting. No, you want our blessings, men. And women, you're no different. You give us men brownie points as well. That's the fluff stuff. And then there are those moments when things get tense in the, in the, in the marriage. There, there's that moment where stuff you haven't talked about or dealt with comes to the surface. And the tensions rise. And then you really say what you wanted to say but didn't have the guts to say and the pot has overflowed and burst. Now, when that happens in the Braswell household, here's me. I often will say, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Rhonda's sitting there giving me the look right now. No, I'm kidding. No, see, we, we, we need honesty in our relationships with each other, but we also need to be honest in our relationship with our Creator. God knows our heart. God knows our thoughts. I was speaking with someone recently who was dealing with the loss of a loved one. This is not an, ass, an isolated story. This is a very common story. And as I listened to them tell their story, I asked this question, are you angry at God? You know what I often hear? This is the majority of responses when I ask that question. Are you angry or mad at God? Oh, no. And I ask, are you really being honest right now? No, I, you can't be mad at God. You sound mad at God. No, I'm not mad at God because I can't be mad with God. We really need to just get honest with our Savior sometimes. We just need to be honest about it because when we get honest, God, I prayed for this, I asked for this, and it didn't happen, and I feel like you cheated me. Or I feel like you weren't there. And we get it off our chests. I'll tell you, I've been angry with God a few times. I've been upset with God a few times. When Rhonda was dealing with this, this uh, last bout of respiratory stuff, I looked at her and said, I wish I had the power of healing. I'd pray for you to be healed. And that was as much for me as it was for her. I'm being very honest now. She was coughing, middle of the night. So when you're dealing with that, whether you're the patient or the caregiver, guess what happens? We all want healing, don't we? So we, we pray, we be honest, we're honest with God, but we also need in this prayer time with God, we need to be a little reflective. We need to kind of step back and ask God, why Am I going through this? Why is this happening? 
Is there something I've done that I shouldn't have done? Is there something I need to do that I'm not doing? Is there something I'm missing? Is there something that, that you want to pour into my life that I don't have right now? See, we ask a lot of questions. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. We ask God, God, help me understand who you are and who you want me to be and become. There was a fellow a few years ago, he gave me permission to share his story. He was in his early 50s, very early 50s, with a, a, a diagnosis of cancer. He was nearing the end of his life. And as I sat in his room, just the two of us, I asked him in so many words, how are you doing? Have you, are you at peace? Are you not at peace? Are you fearful? I just asked a series of questions, and he said to me without hesitation, I am now at peace. I wasn't at peace, but now I am at peace. I wanted to, to stay longer, to be with my wife and my children. I wanted to be able to watch my kids get married, and I wanted to see those moments when I could become a grandfather. He said, but I know now that that's not God's plan, and I understand that. Well, I don't understand it, but I'm understanding it, he said. And I said, wow. Wow. That's amazing for him to have had that sense of peace in his life, knowing what he and his wife and children were about to face. And as we talked over the next couple of months, you know what he did say? He said, you know, I've got a lot of questions, and I've been reading the Bible more and more and more, and I've been talking to God more and more, and God is pouring so much. He said, I, I would love that my funeral to make a video to share with people to talk about how God has given me hope. And I looked at him and said, that is an amazing idea. He said, really? I said, yes, that's great. I did encourage him. If you're going to do that, let your wife and children know you're going to do it because they may not be prepared for it otherwise. And he did, and they all said, yes, Dad, do that. The wife, yes, do that. And he did. See, here's what I want you to see. Genuine conversation with God means getting real with God, being honest with God, seeking the things that are holding you back. When your world in the prayers you wanted and asked for aren't answered, how can you say, God, help me work through this? And help me to see this from your perspective. Help me to see the bigger picture. And God, if the miracle I'm praying for, asking for, doesn't happen, then help me be at peace with it. Sometimes we have to confess some things in our life. This genuine conversation means, God, maybe I'm not where I need to be. Parents, have you ever had that moment when you realized that something you said to your child wasn't the best thing to say? It wasn't the most wholesome thing to say? 
And then you, you kind of went, hmm. Or maybe, teenagers, you looked at your mom or dad and said something you later regretted. You knew you shouldn't have said that. And you, you then had to, whether you were the parent or the child, you had to make a decision. I, I need to come clean and fess it up and, and apologize. Apologies are not always easy, are they? A lot of us like to be what I might call I'm right. Even when you're wrong, I ain't going to admit it. No, not me. It's in marriages, it's in parenting, it's in, in being a, a child or a teenager or a brother or a sister. We often don't like to admit to someone else that you were wrong. And, and the same is true in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. If we're going to grow deeper in our, in our prayer life, deeper in our faith, there are times we have to say, God, in this I was wrong. I said something, I did something, I didn't do something, I was wrong. And we have to deal with that with God himself. And God's grace is so amazing and so incredible that he will forgive us and help us grow into the person he wants us to be when we're genuine in our prayers. And the, the, the final thing I just want to share with you is this. We need to learn to pray spontaneously too. I, I just, you know, a spontaneous, on the moment, right then and right there prayer. We do those often. Usually in certain situations. Traffic. You're running a little late to the appointment, and traffic's just bottled up. And you pray, God, help me find another way. God, help the road to clear. Spread the cars. We pray those prayers. There are also other opportunities for spontaneous prayer. You just, you're with someone by chance or by plan, and as the conversation unfolds, God whispers in your ear, this would be a fine time to talk with me about that. They're sharing something that they need prayer for. They need a word of encouragement. You may need a word of encouragement. And in that moment, you spontaneously just say, God, this has just presented itself, and I am going to talk with you about it right now. Maybe a thought crosses your mind. And you know at that moment you need to pray about that one thing, that thought that just passed through your mind. And you pour your heart out to God. Or a problem arose. Now, this is kind of silly. But earlier, I went to the bathroom here. And when I realized the water wasn't on, Houston, we have a problem. There's no way to flush. Now, I could pray, God, miraculously thaw the lines so that the water will work. Well, I don't have that kind of faith, y'all. That's, I don't, I'm not aware of a big heater we could put in there to thaw those things out. And then God just whispered in my ear, there's bathrooms up there. Oh, all 
All hope isn't lost. See, when we have a problem, when we pray and say, God, here's the problem, and we want this solution, God says, well, there's another solution. There's another way around this. There's another possibility. God will redirect us to other ways to get it fixed. And so we just need to reflect a little bit and listen a little bit in those moments of spontaneous prayer. And then we also need to learn to do this in our prayers, spend a little time of spontaneous praise. When we just are, are whatever it is you're doing, you see something, you hear something, and it reminds you of God's power or God's purpose or something amazing God is doing. And you just pause and you say, God, I am, you just, you just wowed me. You just, you just showed out right now. And I want you to know I'm acknowledging it. I'm, I am, yes, you go, God. And you tell him about it. See, as we do all of these things, all of these prayers, we will begin to grow deeper in our faith. So, just very, very quickly, I'm going to give you this little outline for praying. It's actually in the next few verses. It, you, you can read them later, the Lord's Prayer. We need to spend time in prayer saying, God, you are awesome. You are amazing. And, and then we need to say in our prayer time, God, I'm coming to you with my need, my thoughts, my concerns, my burdens, my stuff. But God, I want you to know your stuff is more important than my stuff. Your will be done in my life, not my will be done according to my schedule. I want you to do things in me to make me into the man or the woman you really want me to be. And then you say, God, now here's what I, I'm struggling with right now. These are my needs, and these are the needs of people I know about. And I'm going to pour those out before you. And God, I'm going to ask you to help me keep my mind clear from temptations and problems of this world. And one of those, and this is a big one, is a lack of forgiveness. God, there are people that I, they get on my nerves. They've wronged me. And I'm asking you to help me forgive them and let it go and love them as you love them. So when we begin to pray that way, isn't that, I did the Lord's Prayer in 30 seconds. Y'all just enjoy that, okay? It's the shortest sermon you'll ever hear from me. So growing deeper in prayer is accomplished by me and you setting aside a time and a place to be alone with God, to pour your heart out to Him, to read Scripture, for God to pour into you so you can hear His voice, and that your hope and your peace comes not from you or someone else in your life, but your hope, your peace comes from God Himself. And when God pours His peace and His hope and His purpose and His plan into your life and my life, we will be in the right place every day of our life.